Hi, everybody. This is Nancy Miller from My Creative Life, the podcast about creatives, how and why they make the work that they do. Today, my special guest is Eric Clark. Eric is an associate professor of art at Savannah State University. Eric is a ceramic sculptor with an interest in combining multiple construction and finishing processes to create unique forms with an industrial aesthetic. Hi, Eric. How are you doing today? I'm great, Nancy. Thanks for having me. Well, thank you for taking time out of your busy schedule um, teaching to come and speak with me today about your art journey. Um, I love the work that you have posted on the Savannah Clay site. Um, uh, one of the pieces that I really enjoyed was the one that looked very like an engine, I think. That's what I, my limited knowledge of industrial uh, parts, but I was like, ooh, it looked like even like it had been rusted and aged and everything. It looked really cool. Well, thank you. Uh, yeah, a lot of the different uh, kind of patinas and even the the uh, similarity of forms kind of mimic things that we uh, kind of see in society and kind of can make our own a little bit. Um, but they're completely fictitious, so they're not exact replicas of anything or anything like that. Um, generally, just to kind of help promote some interest and ask questions, really. Oh, cool. Well, I wanted to hear a little bit more about what got you interested in being an artist and pursuing a creative life. Well, there's a lot to that. Um, I've been very interested in art from an early age. Uh, I think mostly just being in my family. Uh, I have a lot of creative people in my family. Uh, and my mother, although she's uh, not necessarily an artist per se. Uh, she's a hairstylist, but could always draw really well um, and taught me from an early age. My brother, who's a little bit older than me, uh, was always a better artist than me. So I always kind of looked up to him and tried to be uh, as good as he was. And then uh, even through kindergarten through uh, eighth grade, I, my cousin taught my art classes. Uh, so I felt very comfortable in an art classroom from an early age. And and then that snowballed into uh, Savannah Arts Academy, where I uh, was accepted for visual arts, and I learned a lot and kind of honed my craft a little bit more. And that kind of alluded to uh, higher ed and continued that, and I guess the rest is history. Uh, so yeah, from an early age, a lot of different types of art, and uh, I'm still interested in learning as much as I can. So. So I was curious, though, were in Savannah Arts, even in high school, were you interested in three-dimensional forms or ceramics back then? I did take a, a few 3D design classes uh, with um, mixed results. I, I didn't, I thought ceramics, uh, using clay as a medium, I had some success, um, but most of the time, most of my things blew up in the kiln. Uh, <laughs> so uh, I was very discouraged uh, working in clay from pretty pretty early on. Uh, uh, the, the interest came a little bit later uh, whenever I was in college and um, uh, for my undergrad and I really uh, realized that the there wasn't many limits to ceramics. you know there's so many different avenues you could go down and just uh, the pure complexity uh, of you know glaze calculation, different firing processes, different bodies of clay, you can make, uh, you know, representational work and everything is, uh, you know, using clay is like a formless medium, so it can mimic other materials, which I love. Um, so I, I, I was pretty, uh, it took me a while, but uh, I caught the bug 
in college for sure. Yeah, because we um, both share um, a professor from ceramics, if I'm if I remember correct. That's um, right. Yes. Yes, um, Professor Jensen. He was wonderful. Yeah, uh, John uh, John Jensen's uh, definitely a major influence uh, for me. Uh, even changed kind of my whole career path. You know, uh, obviously I was interested in, in teaching. Um, but I wasn't necessarily interested in ceramics at all until I took his class. Um, but I do need to give kudos to his wife, Linda, because she got me back into art. She was the reason really? I, I started taking art classes again. At that time, in undergrad, I was an engineering major. Um, so I, was, I took uh, her photography class just as an elective, and I fell uh, right back in love with art. So I have to give kudos to uh, Linda. She's great. Yeah, so sweet. They are such an encouraging um, couple. Uh, I did not have a chance to take any of her classes, but I did speak with her on occasion. And um, both of them are just so uh, exceptional artists in their own right. But um, I don't know, they just heart of teachers and they're always generous and kind and just offering advice and everything. Definitely. Uh, you know, and even... Uh, for me, I don't know if uh, they felt this way at the time, but uh, yeah. I felt like a really close connection to them, you know, and I mean, uh, John would even invite me over to their house for dinner. And uh, if he needed some work done around the house, he'd ask me to come mm -hmm. over and do some yard work with them and, you know, just to make a few extra dollars whenever I'm, I'm poor and in college. So yeah. I, I felt very connected to them uh, pretty early on. Yeah, that's wonderful. So what, I mean, you said a little bit, you touched on that about that passion to teach. Um, what keeps you going teaching? Like, you know, you kind of, you touched on it. And now I wonder like, oh, what keeps them excited and wanting to continue to teach? Yeah, that's a tough one. You know, there's ebbs and flows to it. Um, you know, my personal interest as far as like my art and things mm -hmm. I'm thinking about at the time uh, kind of drive a lot of, uh, just my motivation, I guess, just in, in life, you know, like I get excited about something. So I'm excited to kind of uh, continue to work on it because I do a lot of my work at school. Um, and so, you know, and sometimes students will ask questions. So that kind of gets me excited to kind of explain my thoughts and stuff like that. Um, but, you know, each semester has its own challenges. That's kind of what I found. Sometimes I'm teaching classes that I'm not very excited about teaching. And then sometimes mm -hmm. I just have an amazing group and mm -hmm. things just kind of fall in line. Um, I mean, even this semester, I know it's just starting right now. Uh, we're only one weekend, but I have one class. Uh, they're filled with like rock stars, like Aww. all the best students that I could have in the past few years all in one class together. And so I'm super excited for that. And sometimes just uh, waking up and seeing the students excited motivates me more than anything. You know, um, and if, if they seem like they're engaged, then I become more engaged. And it's uh, hopefully it's a reciprocal thing and we just kind of keep compiling uh, on top of each other. Um, but, you know, it's, it is still a job. You know, you have to mm -hmm. kind of push yourself through it and, uh, and in the end, you know, whenever it's all said and done, uh, you get to kind of reap the rewards and see what the students have made and seeing that progress. Um, yeah, I think 
just seeing students kind of go on, you know, I teach mostly freshmen and sophomore. So um, the latter part of as they matriculate through the system uh, or through the school itself, you know, I don't see them as much. And to see like where they started to their thesis work is pretty exciting, you know. It's amazing. And after they leave and graduate, do they come back and visit and say hi? Uh, every once in a while, you know, I don't really ex expect that, but yeah, some of them will stop in and, and, uh, you know, a lot of them are from the Atlanta area. So, okay. uh, they kind of go back home or, and, you know, some go off to school or get a job teaching somewhere or, or something like that. I've had a lot go into like K through 12 system. Um, yeah. and so that's pretty exciting. Actually only like one or two in Savannah, uh, most of them kind of go back to where they're from, but yeah, the majority of our students, uh, uh, kind of go back to wherever they came from, uh, mostly like outside of Atlanta area, like I said, and a few maybe from like Valdosta or Macon, but mostly um, kind of away. Okay. But yeah, they'll stop in from time to time, and it's, it is pretty exciting. That's wonderful. Well, uh, yeah, because I feel like, you know, in the higher ed system, you do have a you know, you watch such leaps and bounds, and at that point, they're very career-driven, I would think, and so... Um, what you teach, I, I think definitely has an impact on where where they use it. Because I know when I took uh, John's class, I always, anytime I teach any ceramics, it's all stuff that I learned from his class. And it was applicable whether you're teaching high school, elementary, like it was such great practical, you know, just um, lessons that I got from being in a, a student in his class. And then I was like, right into teaching. I was like, oh, I can use that and I can make a lesson for the kids. And they always thoroughly enjoyed working um, with clay. So, yeah, definitely. Um, you know, like the, the skills you learn in even, you know, ceramics one at a low level, um, you're still doing those same exact processes, even though if you become more refined later, you're still doing the same exact thing, you know, 20 years down the road as you know, in grad school, um, you know, you just learn those techniques at a little bit of refining and, and just understanding the material a little bit more. Um, so yeah, that, that kind of stuff applies, you know, uh, universally. Um, but what's more interesting to me is um, kind of the, the metaphor of working in clay, right? It's and uh -huh. because working in clay is such a fickle uh, material. And you have to kind of respect the clay's time a little bit. You know, you're always on the clay schedule. So it teaches you patience. You know, you can apply all these skills of working in clay uh, to life in general. And that's what I kind of tell my students. Like, if you're aware of the needs of the clay and you become, you know, really astute and, you know, these small little nuances uh, and you start using that same kind of lens to life, it will help you like crazy. Uh, I mean, that's my personal beliefs, but uh, clay is the, one of the most difficult materials I think anybody could ever work in um, because at every stage as it progresses from, you know, this wet, like I said, formless, malleable material uh, to a very hard, rigid material that shrinks, uh, you know, upwards to what, 15 to 20% at times. Um, and it's like I said, it's very fragile. So, uh, you know, it teaches you a lot. Um, and sometimes you just have to let it go. So there's a lot of that too. 
Oh, that's like some good advice uh, right there. <laughs> well, I was curious because um, you already kind of touched on my next question. So I was like, oh, I would love to hear your process. Like, I am fascinated by how an artist thinks through to the end, because a lot of times I feel like sometimes students focus on I'm looking at the end. But to me, process is to me one of the big things like the why, you know, how did you come up with that? Um you know, concept and two, how do you execute all that? And I was curious as a ceramic artist, how do you go about it? Are you like sketching or, you know, do you just one day it pops into your brain and you're like, I've got to make that or. Yeah. So uh, that, that's a really good question because it depends on really what I'm, my goal is in the end. You know, if I'm just making, um, you know, functional wear, if I decide to make a, you know, a bunch of mugs or something utilitarian, I don't do as much like pre-planning and sketches of that kind of stuff. Um, I just kind of sit on the potter's wheel and I'll just throw for a little while. And that's really fun. Uh, and, some, and it's, you know, liberating to, to just kind of uh, not think too much at times, you know, it's, uh, it's kind of peaceful. And that's rare for me in the studio of having any kind of peace. If anything, it's stress and a lot of hard work. Um, but if I'm making like sculptural forms, uh-huh. Uh, I'll do some very simplistic drawings. Usually, uh, most of those kind of sketches will take place um, during meetings, right? There's a lot of talking going on, and I'm just sketching. I'm listening to the meeting, but my mind doesn't really work that way. Uh, so I'll just kind of sketch some little things. And then if I, if I draw something and I think it's kind of interesting, I'll kind of continue to think about it for a while. I'll never uh, take a sketch and then go straight into a studio. Um, usually there's a little uh, time through it uh, that I, you know, sometimes I won't touch on that for maybe years and I'll look through an old sketchbook and I'm like, oh yeah, I should really do something with that. Um, and then my process is kind of figuring out, you know, scale, um, approach, because, you know, in, in clay, lots of it can be made in multiple different ways. So, um, and then usually I'll make multiple parts. And then the pre-planning is only about 50% of the actual final project, uh, you know, our product. It, because if you plan too much in clay, you're going to be let down. And you're kind of, and the way I feel, it's you're kind of like, um, you're setting yourself up for not allowing that creative process to kind of happen, you know. So I only really plan for about 50% of it. And then um, the other area, the other 50%, um, is in the studio and just kind of taking a step back, analyzing it, looking at the work, you know, aesthetically, does that make sense? Does this look interesting? Um, so I allow that kind of extra 50% to make those, uh, you know, kind of creative decisions as it's coming together. Um, I don't feel limited to a sketch. Honestly, if you saw some of my sketches, they're very poor, they're very quick uh, or rudimentary. Uh, because they're not meant to, you know, they're just for me yeah. to kind of put an idea on paper. That's it. Yeah, yeah. that's, that's um, a great, yeah, that's a helpful tip because I, I don't know any artists, I more so than anything, I feel like when you do something like those rough sketches and they're just for you or it, it frees you to produce more ideas. You're not like, oh, I'm just stuck on it. It's just an idea. And there's so many more of that as artists that we, you know, I don't know. That's one of the things I think is the challenge of just coming up with more and more. <laughs> yeah, I, I, I think I've gotten uh, way more loose yeah. with my sketches over time. Yeah. You know, a lot of them are very kind of gestural 
um, you know, sometimes I'll kind of leave a sketchbook around and a student will see it and look through yeah. and they're like, what is this? You know, cause they're that rough, you know, yeah. I'm not, I mean, it's not for anybody else, anyone else. It's literally just for me, um, only for me to kind of interpret, you know, it's not like an, a, these beautiful, uh, elaborate illustrations like Da Vinci, you know, uh, yeah. they're now mine are very rough, um, just an idea. And sometimes they're just, uh, you know, my sketches are on the back of, you know, handouts from the meeting and I'll just tape them into the sketchbook because, um, so that way I don't have to redraw it or anything. So it's, it's very rough. Um, but like I said, it's just for me. So if it um, works for me, that's fine. Yes, that's true. And that's like, that's similar to my working process when I'm working on a children's book and I'm doing a book dummy. I'm literally like tape scissors and I'm like, oh, let me just, you know, a minute or two on a sketch because I just want to get that idea out there. It's yeah, that's, that's very sound advice. Um, my next question is related to more advice about for say, if you're starting out in ceramics, um, whether, you know, high school or an adult, um, what's something that most students find challenging and how have you been able to remedy that or be able to teach them something to help them get through that? Well, I think the easy answer to that for like a, a beginner in ceramics is always, you know, throwing on the potter's wheel. That's that's always going to be a challenge, um, you know, especially it's just like a, that bit of finesse that you kind of have to uh, kind of hone your hands into working together um, and 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 really applying the correct amount of pressure, uh, you know, and I tell the students that it really just requires time one day it'll just click and it just seems like oh well I can't believe I finally figured it out you know it, at least that's the way it was for me mm -hmm. um and I, I I really make them throw on the wheel. <laughs> to be honest in an introduction class I make them throw on the wheel uh for over half of the class um and usually whenever we're just starting yeah. of like just centering a mound of clay um I, I will allow them to get it in center and then I'll come around and they'll have to show me and then I'll just knock it off center and then they have to recenter that same ball of clay uh for usually for a few hours a day um oh. to begin with so I'll knock it off center um and then have to have them put it back into center time and time again mm -hmm. and so just through that repetition it seems really intense but uh I had a professor whenever I was in grad school uh, and that's what they did. And I was like, <laughs> that kind of works, actually, you know, and to see their face of like, really, it's pretty, it's pretty fun. Um, you know, and then they realized it just, it takes that kind of repetition, you know, they might not enjoy it in the moment, but, uh, you know, give them a week or two, and you'll see that um, it becomes secondary, you know, that they, they're not having to think about centering nearly as much, because they've done it so many times. Yeah, so, that's true. Yeah, I, I think uh, just, yeah. yeah, for an introduction class, uh, throwing on the wheel is definitely going to be more of the challenge. Um, a, a latter point maybe in the oh. semester is uh, I require uh, students to pull handles by hand, you know, mm -hmm. and um, so uh, sometimes that's a bit of a challenge, you know, um, but just kind of learning that skill. Uh, if I'm making a utilitarian stuff nowadays, everything is hand pulled i never really use an extruder at all so um and that's just my personal thing but yeah. i've gotten to a point where i've done it 
enough. You know, I, I don't make a lot of utilitarian stuff. If, if I do, it's mostly just for myself or friends or something like that. But um, uh, if I do, I'll just, I'll pull up, you know, I'll make 20 mugs and pull a bunch of handles and pick out the best ones. And um, so, yeah, I'll spend most of a day pulling handles. So um, it's, it's a, I think it's a pretty unique skill. And um, just through that repetitious kind of process, you really start to hone that skill pretty well. And I think that's ceramics 101 right there, you know, just repetition. Yeah, so it's the um, that muscle memory. You've done it so many times. You probably don't have to think about it too much. Yeah, I mean, uh, the majority of things, uh, yeah, I mean, Sometimes if like if I'm just throwing like a simple form like a cylinder on a on the wheel, yeah, I, I, there's not much thought process going oh. into it at that point. Um, yeah, it is that muscle memory, but it is interesting whenever um, you're kind of forcing yourself to be in the studio or to do something you don't really want to do at the time, mm. um, or you're, maybe you're just in not the best mood. There's you know I I feel like whenever that's the case. I'm not productive whatsoever. You know, no matter how much muscle memory I feel like I have, if I go in there with a, an attitude uh, that's not very positive, the results are not that positive. So um, that's just something that, uh, you know, you yeah, you work through this kind of repetition, but at some point you have to be, yeah, kind of open yourself up to the experience a little bit. Yeah. Well, thank you for those words of advice. That is very helpful because it is, it's challenging. I think when I was taking Professor Jensen's class, I had to center like 40 times till I got one thrown pot that was like, like it could hold a cup of water. Yeah. I think it was like, it was like measuring cup size. And I was like, so proud of it because it took me 40 times to do it. And then I was like, oh. I finally did it. I can't yeah. believe it actually happened. So I, I uh, sympathize with the students like that. It's, it, but I loved hand building. Hand building was easier for me um, in terms of with clay, but it's so much fun. Well, both are yeah. fun. It's just, yeah. Yeah. I, I, I really enjoy the idea of like blending multiple processes, like mm -hmm. especially in my sculptural work. Um, you know, I'll do some slip cast pieces, I'll do some push molds, I'll, um, I'll throw a lot of pieces. Um, rarely will I do too much carving, um, but definitely just like an assemblage of uh, multiple different processes coming together and using, um, you know, like slabs of clay to, to cut out like uh, little fin parts and trying to keep those little fins straight, you know, is, is always a challenge, you know. Um, you know, because, you know, the clay has memory, so it'll start to kind of warp back into the shape that it kind of, it was or wants to be in. So you're trying to fight against that, that process and to make really rigid, hard-edged things. Um, that's something I kind of experimented a lot. Uh, that's really where I got into a lot of these kind of uh, hard-edged forms while in grad school doing slab construction. And they started to get pretty complex, uh, you know, building simple armatures for them to where while it's drying, the, the clay, the armature itself will shrink with it in the kiln, you know, and oh. all that kind of stuff. So it, it became a little, um, you know, taxing at times, but understanding that process and, and kind of uh, building on the limitations of the material, right? And um, I love that. You know, it's just like the more I can learn to make it do what I want to do, 
the more successful the sculpture will be in the end, hopefully, you know. Wow. Well, I think um, it makes sense. Your engineering interests and ceramics actually works really well together because <laughs> <laughs> you're kind of marrying the two together. Definitely. Ironically enough, uh, it's kind of worked, you know, and um, yeah, I've, I've had a lot of interest in uh, like computer illustrations, like CAD drawings. Oh. And uh, so I spent some time doing uh, these kind of relatively simplistic CAD drawings and then tried to make the sculpture. So I have a, you know, my initial bad gestural drawing and then trying to draw it very uh, literally in the, uh, the CAD software, whatever that is at the time. Uh, or even like Google SketchUp or something, you know, um, just trying to make these forms uh, because whenever you're using some of these different programs, yeah. you know, you're, you're just kind of, moving parts around you're extruding things different ways and you come up with something that you would never think to draw on paper right because you're seeing it in three-dimensional form uh and that's pretty interesting so trying to blur all these things uh, this chaos in my mind really i guess that's <laughs> really what it is that's really um fascinating and since you've taught higher ed for so many years i was just curious like throughout the years of teaching adults how do you feel i guess what's something that you took away like you've learned about the process of teaching adults and how to improve the way you deliver or explain things um that's made it easier for adult students to learn that's a really good question because it it it's so complex um yeah so i'm i'm, I'm start i have to start in my 11th year uh yeah. teaching higher ed and i feel like i'm still learning so much you know uh i feel like i've always been pretty good with uh like being a people person you know mm -hmm. like just interacting with people uh you know i worked service industry for a long time so uh you know it's easy for me to talk to people um that kind of developed over time i think that sometimes for the younger students mm -hmm. I think it's really uh, showing some kind of interest in what they're interested in, right? Uh, and basically tell them that I'm not, I'm not trying to push any agenda on them. I want them to be, uh, you know, I want their ideas to be represented, not my ideas of what they, I think they should be doing. Mm -hmm. And that's, I think sometimes that's really freeing for students, you know, to see uh, somebody want to listen to them. I think. In, in our society now, we don't feel like we're able to really uh, express ourselves the way we want to sometimes, especially with a, you know, authority figure, I guess, like I would be uh, to them. Yeah. And but to be honest, I'm, I'm more interested in their ideas than mm -hmm. than not. Yes, I have to teach them, you know, these kind of basic things. So but whenever we can get to the point of um, you know, coming up with concepts and ways to kind of create this thing in their mind that they're really interested in, that becomes really exciting for me, you know, mm -hmm. to, to kind of push this idea to a physical object. Um, but, you know, it depends on the age, really. I feel like some of these uh, younger students that I teach that are usually in about, you know, 18 to 20 range yeah. um, or early 20s, you know, I feel like they're they're interested in so many things, and it might not necessarily be what I'm teaching in the class. Mm -hmm. um, and I think that's where a lot of the 
hopefully my people skills kind of come into play, you know, it's mm-hmm. just, um, you know, even though we're in the studio for, you know, two hours and 45 minutes twice a week, mm-hmm. you know, that's a lot of contact time with me. Um, and so I try to be fun. I play music and I just kind of be pretty lighthearted about everything. You know, if I'm taking it way too serious for that period of time, you know, that's over five hours a week that they're interacting with me. And some of these students have multiple classes with me. That can be, you know, very taxing. And, you know, I'll even joke around that, you know, they're spending more time with me than my significant other, you know, and, uh, you know, just try to make it relatively fun. And, um, you know, I, I really try to get to know them. I think that's what really keeps it kind of fresh. And, you know, to go right back to the uh, John and Linda Jensen, you know, they, they, they were always that way. They always seemed like they cared. And if, uh, if I can be even somewhat of a positive figure in their lives, then um, that's great, you know. And even students, it's interesting, like, you know, years later, they're still contacting me for a le- uh, like a, a, a letter, you know, they're requesting a, um, a letter for me to write, uh, you know, whether it's like a job interview or something, a uh, letter recommendation, that's the word I was looking for. Uh, and so that's really exciting, you know, even if I feel like I didn't make much of an impact with that student. And then they come back, you know, two, three years later asking for a letter of recommendation. I'm like, wow, maybe I, I did have a positive interaction with them, you know, that I wasn't even aware of. So that's pretty, that's pretty nice. Well, I, I'm sure you had a lot of impact, a lot more. I think as teachers, we're just so, I don't know, we just have a lot to do. And sometimes it's like, oh, I didn't really notice that because I I feel like sometimes because, well, I've taught K through 12. And so it's a lot of volume. You know, we had a lot of students in that um, age range and I met so many different people. It's uh, sometimes you just lose track of time and it's just like, oh, that student is now married and has their own children. (laughs) It's like, and then you're like, oh, but they still have fond memories of the time they spent learning in that environment that, you know, you you know, set up for them. And so it's, I always think it's really an honor to get to share what I love. And I can clearly tell you love what you teach and you enjoy it. And so it's like, I don't know, that's, that's the excitement. That's part of the excitement. A lot of the things you touched on, I was like, oh, that makes me excited too. When I have students get like that, but also it's just because I love what I'm, I'm doing. And it's like, oh, I want to show you this. Like when you're a little kid and you're like, I mean, I, like, this is cool. When we're little, we just kind of like, that's my favorite. You know, we always had yeah, that. Yeah. And you wanted to share it with your friends. And so I feel like it's that, like, oh, I just want to share it with my friends and see if they Yeah, it, it's pretty interesting to think that, you know, you are making a more of an impact than you even know, you know, mm-hmm. for some students, especially, you know, uh, you know, whenever they, they do open up and you find out, you know, their, their, their life situation, you know, um, you know their past their family life you know I mean sometimes it's it's tragic stuff some of these students have gone through and um you know if if, even if art can just be a little bit of an outlet to you know express themselves a little bit that's great you know um but you know you don't really especially for the level I teach at you, you don't really uh you know usually they don't open up that much you know maybe for the younger kids they might open up a little bit more but most of my kids or most of my students are just you know they're too cool for school you know they don't really uh you know open up too much um but that's fine you know like sometimes you know whenever we're coming up with ideas for their thesis 
that's oh, whenever you. a lot of that kind of stuff comes up, you know. Wow, that's wonderful to hear that. So I was wondering if you could go back in time and give yourself some advice about your art journey, um, what would it be? That's a, a really interesting question because I feel like I've been on the fast track for <laughs> so long, right? Um, I, I think I'm the youngest professor on this campus with that's a, a tenured professor. Mm -hmm. So I kind of feel like, I've, yeah, I've been on the fast track. Um, I think if anything, maybe pump the brakes a little bit. <laughs> you know, uh, I kind of rushed right into grad school. Um, <laughs> You know, in retrospect, I don't know if I was really ready for that whole experience. I was the youngest one in my grad program. Um, you know, so there are thoughts of that. Obviously, I got through it, and it was mm -hmm. it was tough and all that. Um, so I don't know if I'd pump the brakes too much because <laughs> you know it it, it kind of it worked out for me. Um, you know, if anything, uh, I think really early on. Uh -huh. Like in undergrad, maybe, you know, I changed my major like three times, um, you know, and I have, uh, I can't remember the, uh, the professor's name. Uh, I know that sounds really bad, um, but he was an adjunct professor. I only had him for one class and he only stayed there one semester, uh, but he was a young guy. He was a painter. I, you know, I'm not necessarily a, that great at painting. Uh, I do, I do okay, uh, but I would skip his class all the time i was that student <laughs> and um you know I, it was funny because i would skip his class to go skateboarding with friends that was kind of my uh my vice at the time <laughs> i guess and uh one day i was downtown savannah just skateboarding around with some friends and i see a guy on his bicycle kind of oh. pull up next to me and it's my painting professor Oh, and, and he like, like, it's almost as if he was like a police officer, he's like, pull over. <laughs> so he, he like, I, I stop and I'm all like, hey, what's up? Like, it's so good to see him. Uh, right on the sidewalk, right there, downtown Savannah, he told me off. And he's like, yeah, you think you have all this talent, quote unquote, um, but you could be doing so much better. Uh, if you miss one more of my classes, I'm going to fail you. And I, I didn't miss a single class after that. So I really appreciated him, like, kind of calling me out at the time, you know, because I had such a, an art background, everything we were learning in the class. So I thought, wow. like, yeah, I already know that. I already, mm -hmm. I've already learned that, you know, not to think that, oh, I can improve. You know, I'm just, like, thinking about getting the grade in the class. And mm -hmm. he, he really called me out and made me think about, you know, what it really takes to be an artist and he and he did mention something else um he said that uh you might not be aware but the rest of the class kind of looks up to you whenever you're not in the classroom that sets a tone that it you know it doesn't matter oh. if you come to class and i didn't realize that anybody looked up to me <laughs> let alone anybody in that room um and so that kind of changed my perspective and that's whenever I was like, okay, I got to start taking this more seriously. Yeah. So I would, I would uh, definitely, yeah, I would tell my younger self to take it more seriously early on. Yeah. Good advice. Well, thank you so much for sharing that. That's fascinating. Yeah, that, um, it's a pretty fun story. Yeah, yeah that is. So where, since this is a podcast and we can't see your work, where can people go online to see um, your ceramic? 
work? Well, uh, that is a good question because I am currently updating my website because I do not enjoy uh, looking at some of these old images of my work. Um, And a lot of my work has changed. I I have lots of different interests. So I'm thinking of putting up um, some drawings, some maybe digital uh, drawings that I do, like CAD drawings, like I mentioned. Um, And we we purchased a laser cutter in the past uh, year, and I've been doing a lot of work kind of mixed media work with the laser cutter, uh, which is pretty exciting. Once again, you know, kind of digital drawings becoming three-dimensional objects. So um, that's definitely an interest for me. So there'll be kind of multiple things. And that website will be Eric B. Clark. uh, And uh, hopefully it should be done in the next month or so, depending on my schedule and my, I'm trying to take some high quality images. So uh, as long as that takes, yeah. Great. Well, I will put that in the description box because by the time this interview drops, I bet <laughs> that'll be up here because this won't drop until like, I think November. Yeah, for like the first or second week of November, this interview will drop. So then everybody can check out um, your work because it is beautiful. I will, I mean, I can tell you're a high level of craftsmanship and it shows in the work that you do that you, you share online. So um, I'm looking forward to seeing that website. Well, thank you very much. That's exciting. All right, well- Thank you, Eric, and thank you, everybody, for listening to My Creative Life. Bye.